0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in the call to worship. Where crooked roads need straightening, prepare the way of the Lord. Where people walk in darkness, prepare the way of the Lord. Where busy lives need quieting, prepare the way of the Lord. Where conflict longs for reconciling, prepare the way of the Lord. Where broken hearts cry out for healing, prepare the way of the Lord. Where prophets' voices need to be heard, prepare the way of the Lord. To all of the earth and to all of your people, O come, O come, Emmanuel.
1: Let us prepare the way of the Christ child, the one who is coming to bring us hope.
2: Hope is holy. Hope is convinced God will keep God's promises. And hope always believes in the beauty of tomorrow.
3: The ancient stories of our tradition are stories of hope. Stories of a God who does not let us down despite the odds. God has a long history of overcoming all obstacles.
1: And so we light this candle of hope, a candle to bear witness to God's faithfulness,
0: to, to the generations past, and to light up the promise of God's faithfulness of the
2: present time. <laughs>
1: Advent prayer as we prepare our hearts for this Advent season. Gracious God, as we await for you this Advent season, we walk through this life you have given us. We walk in the wilderness searching for meaning, catch our attention with mercy and with fire. We walk in the city thirsting for justice. Fill us with integrity and hope. We walk towards Bethlehem seeking a Savior. Come to us with holiness and joy. As we wait for you this Advent season, prepare our hearts so we will notice when you are among us. You're invited to take the next few moments to confess the faults and frailties which keep us from trusting God's promises. Beloved, God accepts you for who you are. God welcomes you just as you are. God meets you where you're at in this moment. God named you, God loves you, and you are made in God's image, and so is the person beside you. The true light is coming into the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. is the greatest commandment. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so just as Christ shared words of peace with the people around him, let us do the same. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you and also with you. Please share the peace.
4: Welcome once again to worship on this first Sunday of Advent. It is always good to see you. It is particularly good to see you, that you came at the right time this morning. So we are grateful that you are here. Whether you are a first-time visitor or a long-time member, your presence here today makes us better. And we are grateful to join in worship with you. If you are seated near the edges of the pews and you haven't done so already, I invite you to find that maroon pew pad and sign your name and pass it down and back again. As it makes its way across, feel free to look at the names that are included there. And if there are folks sitting near you that you don't know yet, I invite you to change that before you leave today. As I already mentioned a bit, it is a special day today. We have our adjusted worship schedule with just this one worship service. Right after, we invite all of you to join us downstairs for a congregational lunch, uh, followed by a variety of activities designed to help us all welcome the Advent season a bit more fully. There are things for people of all ages, so we hope that all of you will join us downstairs. Next week, just to clear up any potential confusion, we do return to our normal worship schedule with two services at 9 and 11.15. If you have brought your angel gifts today, we are grateful for that. Or if you've turned them in already, today is the last day to turn them in. And if you have them with you, you can leave them up here with the others at the end of worship. Thank you for participating in this important ministry. We hope that you will mark your calendars for December 11th and join us for a congregational dinner. We eat a lot during Advent, it seems, and a new take on our annual Christmas pageant. There will be um, a little bit of carol singing for all those who wish to join in, but we hope that you will all come. That will be in the parish hall that evening. Note that the Christmas flower donation envelopes are included in your bulletin. We will accept names and donations for the poinsettias that will adorn our sanctuary through December 18th. And also note that since it is the first Sunday of the month, in addition to everything else going on today, we will have prayers for healing and wholeness during communion. So after you come forward for the elements If you would like to receive prayers on behalf of yourself or a loved one or a situation in the world, Beverly will be off to this side, I will be off to this side. As you return back to your seat, you are welcome to stop by either one of us, and we will be happy to pray with you. There are also the yellow envelopes in the pews in front of you. On the first Sunday of the month, we also collect a donation for our food ministries for the open table And the overnight shelter. So, if you would like to contribute financially in that way, we welcome that as well. These are but some of the ways that we are the body of Christ together in this city. So, let us now turn our attention to the Word of God.
3: The Old Testament lesson today comes from the prophet Isaiah. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. First, however, let us pray. At the start of this Advent season, O God, open our hearts that we may receive what you wish for us to hear this day. Awaken us to your word at work in the world. Amen. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judea, Judah, and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their shall- sh- their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift sword against nation; neither shall they learn war any more. The word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks be to God. Amen.
0: the young people to come join me here at the font. I am so glad you all are here today. Thank you. If I said to you today, Happy New Year, what would you think? It's not New Year's, right? We still have December to go and Christmas. But you know what? For the church, today is the start of a new year. The church starts its year all over again with the season of Advent. Now, who remembers what Advent is? Let me give you a hint. It comes from a Latin word that means coming or to come. Advent's a time when we're waiting and getting ready for something or someone to come. What's coming or who's coming? Christmas Christmas is coming. Yes. People People are coming to church. Absolutely right. And who are we waiting for to come at Christmas? Mm, What else? In the church, yes, we are waiting for Santa, but what else are we waiting for? William? Jesus! Jesus, That's right! The person we're waiting for even more than Santa, although that's hard to believe sometimes, is Jesus, right? Because we're celebrating that God came to earth in this little tiny baby Jesus. But you know what? Advent is not about just getting ready for Christmas or waiting for Jesus to celebrate Jesus being born. Advent is about waiting for Jesus to come again. Because we believe that Jesus is going to return to earth someday and make everything new. There will be no more wars or fighting or people who are hungry. Everything will be made new and everything will be peaceful. And people will be living the way they should be living. Everybody So what do we do when we're getting ready and waiting for someone to come? Like for Thanksgiving or Christmas, if family or friends are coming, how do we get ready for them? What do you do or what do your parents do to get ready for company to come? Clean, absolutely right. We got to clean, right? What else do we do? Put your Christmas tree up, right? We might decorate when we're waiting for people to come. Make things look really nice and cheerful and joyful. We might uh, cook some really good food or order some really good food. When we are getting ready for Jesus to come, we have to prepare and get ready, too. How do we get our hearts ready for Jesus to come? Pray. Pray. You are absolutely right. We pray and we try to live the way Jesus taught us. By loving God... And loving each other, being kind and thoughtful and helpful, caring for people. When we live the way Jesus taught us, we are already preparing our hearts and welcoming Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus doesn't just come at Christmas, and he's not just coming back sometime in the future. Jesus comes to us each and every day. Each and every day, Jesus comes into our hearts, and we can make him welcome. And know that he's with us. Let's pray together. I invite you all to say the words after me. And I invite everybody sitting here to say the words after me. Dear God. Dear God. Thank you for sending Jesus to be with us. Thank you for sending Jesus to be with us. Help us to welcome him. Help us to welcome him. And live as he taught us. And live as he taught us. Amen. Amen. Now, if you are in second grade or younger, you can go out this door for children's worship. And if you are older than second grade, we invite you to go back to sit with your parents. Thank you all so much for being here.
4: Friends, our gospel reading today comes from Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage— Until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken, and one will be left. Thanks be to God. For students of church history, it's known as the Great Disappointment. Followers of Baptist minister William Miller prepared wholeheartedly for October 22, 1844, the day he was convinced that Jesus was coming again. He was apparently quite a persuasive preacher, as he convinced many others, too. They quit their jobs and cashed out their accounts. Over and over again, by way of preaching and teaching, Miller insisted that Jesus was coming back exactly when he, Miller himself, had calculated. He called this impending return the Advent it will come as no surprise to you that October 22, 1844, came and went. Miller had to revise his theory, and many of his followers were devastated. One of them, a man named Henry Emmons. This is what he wrote in response. I waited all Tuesday, October twenty second, and dear Jesus did not come. I waited all the forenoon of Wednesday the 23rd and was well in body as ever I was. But after 12 o'clock, I began to feel faint, and before dark, I needed someone to help me up to my chamber. My natural strength was leaving me very fast, and I lay there for two days. There was no pain. I was simply sick with disappointment. And I have to admit, I wonder if there might not be some small measure of disappointment here among us this morning after our scripture reading. We have come to celebrate. The greens are up, though not the bows and poinsettias, not yet. The pyramids and stoles are purple, the candles are in place, one of them is already shining brightly. We are but minutes away from our Advent festival. And then we're faced with this story filled with warning that any day now, any hour, Jesus might kidnap someone at work and then break into your house and rob you. For the record, this story is not included in the Christmas pageant. (laughs) But this story, or one very similar as it appears in two other Gospels, It is included in the lectionary every Advent. In fact, it's our introduction to Advent each year. And it reminds us, whether we like it or not, that when we pull out all of our festive decorations, we're actually preparing for two Advents. As Beverly said, Advent means coming, We anticipate the first coming of Jesus into this world, born in a manger to a couple of outcast refugees visited by shepherds and magi and angels alike. And at the very same time, though it gets less attention in holiday cards and Hallmark movies, we anticipate the second coming of Jesus into this world, when he returns to once again make right right every wrong, and bind up every brokenness. Matthew 24 is part of what's known as the Olivet Discourse. It's one of Jesus' longer teachings, and it's delivered on the Mount of Olives. This teaching comes right before he is arrested and crucified, so we can imagine that he is saying all of this at a time when tensions are high and people are scared. And even if they didn't necessarily understand what he was talking about, his followers understand that something is brewing. That life as they know it is about to shift. That a change, some sort of big change, is on the way. Now, it's important to be clear here. Jesus said all of these things to people who were already afraid. But far too often in our more modern day, these things are used to create and perpetuate fear. But if I understand this text at all, that is not Jesus' point. There are a number of days from my years in elementary school that I don't remember very well. Most of them, as it turns out. But one is etched in my mind very clearly. It started off innocently. I went to school. I was in the third grade. It was a Tuesday, and absolutely nothing unusual happened. But not long after I returned home, I was actually sitting in the kitchen in the middle of my afternoon snack when all sorts of commotion erupted outside. At least half a dozen police cars descended on our neighborhood and a bullhorn repeated this message over and over. Stay inside your home. Officers are in pursuit of a man armed and dangerous. Stay inside your home. I had been eating... My snack at the kitchen table, which looked out with big picture windows over our backyard. The bullhorn and its message, it scared me, and so I jumped out of my chair, in fact, just in time to see a man climb over our backyard fence. Ever calm in an emergency, I responded by shrieking, Mom, 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 which alerted my own personal authorities. I left her to call 911, and I proceeded to defend the perimeter of my home and everyone in it. I sent my brother, who was in kindergarten at the time, to the upstairs bathroom with instructions to take the dogs with him, lock the door, and lay down in the bathtub. It gets better. <laughs> I then collected every jump rope and bungee cord I could find and created what can only be termed an unholy tangled mess weaving those impenetrable materials through the railing on each side of our steps and tying them into several knots. I moved up the stairs as I worked, apparently having decided that my mother, on the phone with the police, would have to fend for herself. I braced myself against the bathroom door, courageously facing outward, armed with the only things left at my disposal. Dog toys. Some of them were, in fact, soft and squishy. Some of them were not soft and squishy. I should add here that the way that our house was designed, the upstairs hallway where I was surrounded with tennis balls and rawhide shoes looked out over the lower level. So from my perch, I could see both the front door and the staircase, or what had formerly been a staircase, It was now masquerading as the web of an enormous and enormously confused spider. Now, my mother claims that she yelled up from the kitchen that the police had chased the man into the neighbor's yard and caught him. To this day, she insists that she shared that information. We disagree on this detail. But if, if... If she shared this information, she did not do so loudly enough to break through my newly installed home security system. So when the front door began to open slowly a few minutes later, I could only conclude that the worst was happening. I launched a fleet of dog toys at the door, and the more the door opened, the more I threw. My father remains grateful that I have terrible aim. He was simply returning home from the office. Now, all these years later, I can tell this story with a sense of humor. But at the time, I was absolutely terrified. I thought that I and the people I loved were in danger. And there is nothing funny about genuine fear. But again, the more I study this text, the more I am convinced that it's not meant to frighten us. It's actually meant to comfort the fear that we already have. After all, the phrase that shows up most during all of our Christmas stories comes from the angels when they say, Do not be afraid. Now, first of all, this teaching comes in response to the disciples' questions. Tell us, they say. Tell us, when will this be and what will be the sign of your coming? And Jesus responds right before we picked up reading today. Jesus responds, immediately after the suffering of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. In other words... It's going to get dark before it gets light, which sounds a lot like Advent. The disciples, though, they ask these questions because they are already unsettled and afraid. They know what is coming for Jesus, their leader, their mentor, their friend. They are in the dusk of twilight already, When the worst you can imagine is coming for someone you love, it feels like the world is ending. You all know that. I wish you didn't, but I know that you do. And so Jesus says, look, it's going to be okay. There will still be good news afoot. Absolutely nothing can change that. But, he says, there will be times, and this is one of them, when you are going to have to look good and hard for it. Now, I'll admit, the way that Jesus chooses to say all of this is a bit extreme, In fact, Tom Long, a renowned preacher and longtime professor of preaching at Candler School of Theology at Emory University, he says that Jesus needs to communicate so much, so quickly, so urgently, that his language is stretched almost out of recognizable shape. But no matter what shape it comes in, Jesus' language is always, at its very core, filled with the promise of good news. And if we can't see it or hear it, well, maybe we need to change the way we're looking at it. Have you ever worn those 3D glasses at a movie theater or a theme park or maybe even at the eye doctor? If you have, you know this. You can't walk around with them all day long. It distorts the world too much. But if you aren't wearing them at just the right time, you'll see some things. You just won't see the film or the photo in its full glory. Jesus' language here is something like that. We can read it just as it is, or we can read it through the lens of love. That's an actual part of our Presbyterian doctrine, that all scripture is to be interpreted through a lens of love. So look at it again. For as the days of Noah were, Jesus says, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them away. And then two were working in a field, and suddenly one was gone. And then two women were grinding grain, and suddenly one was gone. The interpretation we almost always hear is that Jesus is talking about when he will return and whisk the faithful away to heaven where they are happy forever and ever. Amen while the forgotten and forsaken ones are left behind, awaiting a terrible time, because the very worst thing, according to this interpretation, is to be left behind. But remember the rest of Noah's story. Jesus himself points to Noah as the answer here. The ones who were swept away by the waters... We don't hear anything more about them. It's the ones who are left behind who are tasked with tremendously holy work, building a new world and embracing a whole new way of living, even in the midst of tremendous uncertainty. The ones left behind, they are not forsaken. They are entrusted with a whole new future. When it feels to you like the world is ending, Jesus seems to be saying, It's not. I promise. Keep your eyes open. Pay attention. Keep awake. There is good news afoot. There is work to be done, a new world to build, and a new way of living to embrace. And it may come upon you in the field while harvesting, or in the kitchen while grinding. It may come early one morning on the subway or late at night in the eyes of a homeless person on the street corner. It may come at your desk while you're filing or on the phone while you're negotiating. It may come in the dentist's office or the doctor's office, sitting at your dining room table or relaxing in your living room. It may come with a stranger or a friend, a child or an adult. It may come when you expect it or when you don't. But it will come, over and over again, that chance to build a new world, that chance to embrace a new way of living with our speech and our action, with our decisions and our devotion. All those years ago, when I barricaded my house against a potential intruder, I shut us all away. And when my father tried to break in, he got hit with tennis balls and dog bones. And as he rubbed his knee and surveyed the tangle of jump rope lining the staircase, he said, I'm going to trust that somehow love is behind this. (laughs) Friends, as we prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus Christ, In a manger, to save us, and at the end, to save us. Do not close your eyes in fear. Keep awake, because the only thing breaking in is love. The kingdom of God is at hand for those who have eyes to see it. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. worship together but today is an especially good day as we welcome a new member into the life of Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. So at this time Sarah, please join us up here by the font.
3: On behalf of the session I present Sarah C Rutherford joining by reaffirmation of faith.
1: Recognizing that we join together in a tradition of shared faith that none of us are called to be Christian alone We invite everyone to stand in body or in spirit as we, together, affirm our faith using words that have bound us together as Presbyterians who place their trust in Jesus Christ. And so we say, together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, the forgiveness of sins, the the resurrection resurrection of of the body, and and the life everlasting. Amen.
4: You may be seated again. There, we have just made a common declaration of faith, and we now ask you to make declarations of your own. Do you understand yourself to be a child of God, a recipient of God's love? Do you? Do you turn away from evil and sin which seek to defy God's love and do you renounce their power in this world? Do you? Do you turn toward Jesus Christ and trust in him as Lord and Savior? Do you? Relying on God's unshakable grace, will you be Christ's disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Will you? Once again relying on God's unshakable grace, will you be a faithful member of this congregation, sharing in our worship, mission, and fellowship, through your presence and your prayers, your study and your service, your gifts and your generosity? Will you? Elder Kate Beyer has two questions for the congregation.
3: Do we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promised to guide and nurture Befriend and support Sarah in word and deed with love and prayer. If so, please say, we do. do. And will we encourage her to know and follow Christ and to be faithful, engaged members of Christ's church? If so, please say, we will.
0: With gratitude for the promises God makes to us, and with gratitude for the promises we make to one another, let us pray. Pour out your grace, O God, upon this church, and upon Sarah especially, as she renews her commitment to you this day. We praise you for gathering us together, that we might live in your spirit and love one another in a way that is visible to the world. Make us one in unity with a common calling, yet with individual expressions of it. Continue to work in us that we might each be filled with your wisdom and understanding, your spirit of counsel and might, your spirit of knowledge and joy in all things. Ever-living God, be with us now and stay with us always, leading us forward where you would have us go. It is in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we make this our prayer. Amen.
4: Sarah, it is with joy and thanksgiving that we welcome you into the body of Christ known as Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. Thanks be to God.
1: invited to respond to the prompt, O come, O come, Emmanuel, with come and save your people. Let us center our hearts in prayer now. Loving God, you call us to goodness and lead us to light. You restore our soul and sustain our hope. And so, in the days to come, may we seek your presence in so many ways. May we awaken from our apathy and learn to set aside our differences. May we see your immense love for the church and for this world that you are working in and among us. And so we pray for the mission of this church, your church, in the days to come. May we be alert to the opportunities we will have to welcome the stranger. May we expect to find you and every person we meet and every place we go. May endurance settle in our bodies as we wait for your light. O come, O come, Emmanuel, come and save your people. The world is what we pray for next. May love reach across, around, and through your creation, extended to all living creatures. We hope and believe that prayer changes things, and we pray for change in the world, that poverty would be changed into security, and that swords would be changed into plowshares. And so in the days to come, may we pray for the families receiving the angel gifts this year. May hope fill their hearts, may happiness settle in their homes. May some peace of mind provide the comfort they may be looking for. O come, O come, Emmanuel, come and save your people. And so in hearing our prayers, you somehow, in some mysterious way, you take them into your immense heart and shower light and love into people who are hurting and people who are rejoicing and people who are wandering. May your light shine particularly bright this holiday season where many are missing and mourning their beloved, such as the families of Brent Hill, Castigliana Catalan. Gail Rumble, Norman Nebel, Jack Madonna, and Rommel Zoraldi. We hold close to our hearts and extend a hopeful spirit to all those who are hospitalized, such as Robert Morton Heller, Marjorie Norris, Francis Dawson, Louis Rodriguez. And so, loving God, in the days to come, may those in pain, discomfort, distress, Homebound, homeless, held back, or merely struggling to get out of bed, find some sort of hope, some sort of strength, and most importantly, the recognition that they are loved. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Come and save your people. Amen. In response to God's love, let us offer our gifts to the church and the world.
0: to this table just as we are confident in our faith or full of questions at peace or troubled in heart with a sense of gratitude or deep longing feeling satisfied or restless whether you have been here for decades or have just recently come through the door you are welcome to this table Whether you are a member of this church or another church or no church, you are welcome. Christ invites us all to meet him here, to be filled again with the bread of life and the cup of salvation and sent into the world empowered to be the body of Christ, working towards and trusting in that day when Christ will come in glory to make all things new. This is Christ's table and there is room for all. So come, taste, and see that the Lord is good.
4: The Lord be with you. With you. Lift up your hearts.
2: We lift to the Lord.
4: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
2: If it is right to give our and praise.
4: We give you our thanks, our praise, and everything we have, O God, because we know of your faithfulness in the past and because we can trust in your faithfulness for the future. You are a God who pays attention. You paid attention to the grief of Sarah and Abraham and gave them more ancestors than there are stars in the sky. You paid attention to the plight of Joseph and his brothers and gave them a way back to one another. You paid attention to your prophet Jonah and gave him a second and a third chance. You pay attention to each and every one of us, knowing the hairs on our heads the sorrows of our spirits, and the joys of our hearts. Therefore, we join our voices with the angels and archangels, the prophets and apostles, the lost and the lonely, the found and the redeemed, the hopeless and the hopeful, who forever sing to your holy name. Oh God, in sending us Jesus, you sent us another one who paid attention. He paid attention to tax collectors left outside the community, to women shunned for being widows, to children turned away for being too eager, and to lepers rejected for being sick. Not only did Jesus pay attention to these people, O oh God, but he made them family. He made them our family. It is because they are welcome at this table that we are welcome at this table. And so even when that makes us perhaps a bit uncomfortable, even still, we trust you enough to proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. That is the promise of Advent, O God, that Christ will come again and will once again gather all of us and hold us close to his heart. The gifts of this table remind us of that, for this bread is love broken open, and this cup is grace overflowing. It is a table where there is always enough, and it is a table where you have always promised to meet us. So come to this table and all of its gifts. O come, O come, Emmanuel, to this world. Trusting that all of this is not only true, but that it is coming soon, we pray the way Jesus taught us, Remember with me how on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus, he gathered all of his friends around him, even the one who would go on to betray him. He gathered them around, and he took bread, and he gave thanks to God for it, and he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it is given for you. And he said, Do this in remembrance of me.
0: In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it as my remembrance. The Apostle Paul tells us that every time we eat this bread and share this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes again. These are holy things to make us holy, the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep the feast. pray. Gracious and abundant God, even as we wait for the fulfillment of your creation, you meet us in Christ at this table in this meal. We thank you for feeding us with the bread of life and quenching our thirst with the cup of salvation. Now send us out into the world by the power of your Holy Spirit to share your life and salvation with all whom we meet. Amen. Amen.
4: you all to begin eating lunch as soon as you get down there, and once the clergy have made their way down there, we will explain everything else and get started with all of our activities. But whether you are staying or going, remember this. It was love that gathered you into this place this morning, and it is that same love that now sends you out into a world that needs desperately what only you have to offer. So may joy and nothing less follow you all the days of your life. May you be blessed, and may you be a blessing, and may you rest well today, secure in the knowledge that the Lord of Light, who has brought you this far already, will lead you and countless others all the way home. Amen.